Hello and welcome to Hail Dear Old Pod. We're just two guys being dudes talking about dogs. It is Wednesday, April 5th, and we're coming off of one of the greatest weekends in Mississippi State sports history. Uh, A lot of stuff happened, a lot of wins happened, a lot of other things happened, but all in all, it was a weekend that I think will always be remembered in the Mississippi State community. Jeremy, your thoughts on this past weekend? Whew! Whirlwind weekend. Uh, I mean, in in case you were sleeping under a rock uh, as a State fan this weekend, uh, we made it to a national championship game. Um, on the diamond, the diamond dogs, uh, came out and not so much shocked the world, but shocked a lot of people out there by, uh, sweeping, uh, the school up North in Oxford, mm. uh, nonetheless. And I mean, just wins all the way across the board as, uh, you know, here on this podcast, we are proud to say if they play it, we cover it. And Hey, not only are those two things going to be talked about prominently, but guys, we got wins and other sports to talk about because let's just say face it we own this weekend mississippi state owned this weekend great weekend to be a dogs and i just a lot of stuff to talk about but a lot of good things a lot of mm-hmm. good things mm-hmm. hashtag our weekend that was that was the thought that was the hashtag that was the tweet that was the statement it it, it was our weekend uh a lot of great wins and we will take you through all of them Let's dive right into, I think, the biggest one. I'm talking, of course, of women's basketball. Men's tennis. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. oh okay. <laughs> no, we'll, get, we'll get to that, though. We'll get to that, I know. Though. I got excited. I got excited. <laughs> we'll That's get to me. men's tennis. But, no, the, 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 other, the other team, uh, the women's basketball team. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, I don't know, you may have saw Friday night, they played a little team called UConn. And I don't know. They just uh, they just beat them. It was probably the greatest the greatest event in in state history that I that I've ever watched. It, it just was fantastic. They pull off one of the biggest upsets. They end one of the largest winning streaks in all of sports. They knock off the reigning champs, the perennial powerhouse UConn. You you, you can't argue me, to me that that wasn't the greatest game of Mississippi State team has ever played. To me, that's number one. That's, I mean, I. it's hard to argue that. Uh, is, I mean, when I look in the grand scope of my life as a Mississippi State fan, uh, which is going on 27 years now, mm-hmm. and I think about the the games I've attended, and I've, I've attended a lot of big games. Uh, proud to say I was there in uh, 98 when we kicked the, the winning field goal against Arkansas to lock up the SEC West. Uh been to a lot of fun bowl games from Peach Bowls to Gator Bowls to Cotton Bowls. Um, I was there in 2014 when Dak Prescott led us to a, a big win over an Auburn team that many didn't think we could beat. And then a few days later, a number one ranking in the first ever playoffs that were announced, the brackets that were announced that day. Uh, mm-hmm. Fun fact, that'll be on Jeopardy in 10 years. Who was oh, the yeah. first team to ever be number one? No one's getting that except for that random state fan that gets on there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, in the grand scope of all these great games, and I'm leaving some out, um, this ranks up there. I mean, that's – you're playing a powerhouse – not a powerhouse, the powerhouse of women's college basketball. I mean, since 
Tennessee for the last 10 years. I mean, yeah. it's, it's been – UConn basketball has been the epitome of good basketball, and that's not just men's or women's. That's just general. Uh, they've been doing it for years now, and this team set a precedent. The UConn team, they've won 111 games prior to Friday night. And the fact that we were able to knock them off, that, that'll go down in infamy, in history, in so many different ways. And All the I'm ways. So All excited! Ways. So, I'm so excited for this team to get to experience that, and uh, it was amazing to watch. I mean, it, it was it was one of those. I mean, first quarter, uh, at least the watch party that I was at. I mean, it was you were clapping for rebounds, you were clapping for steals, you were clapping for missed shots on UConn's behalf that we didn't do anything to stop, but they just missed it. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a it, it was one of those games where you're you're rooting for everything. I mean, anything that goes our way, it doesn't matter if it's a rebound, a missed shot, a steal. You know, the water bottle makes it into the worm's mouth. It's just like, yes, good job, yeah. way to go, ladies. So it was, it was crazy. It was wild. It was insane. I loved it. Uh, as a state fan, my heart was never really properly beating the entire time because right. I just live in that state of mind. But uh, go, I mean, go dogs. That was just, it was a proud day. The the nation got to see us. We were on a national scene, so uh, I'm proud mm-hmm. that the nation got to see us in that way as well. I think the crowd was great. You know, a lot of dog fans made it over to Dallas. That uh. At about you know six to eight hour trip, depending on where you were in the state, not too far. We were well represented, and uh, it was a, it was a great show, unbelievable. That's all I can really say, unbelievable. Yeah. Never thought I'd see a, a a team from Mississippi State knock off a team like that. Yeah, so much history and tradition. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, let's let's give a little background about exactly you know what was leading up to that game. UConn rode into Dallas on a 111 game winning streak. Jeremy, they did. They their last loss came in 2014. That's absurd. And you know, to 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 give the storyline an even thicker plot, last season, you know, we matched up against UConn in the Sweet 16. They beat us by 60 points, 98-38. I, you know, looking at the at the post game interviews with um, Vivians and Richardson. They said it was personal. They said this game was 100% personal, and they played. They just they played their hearts out, and it was um. It was just it was just a fantastic moment to uh to see that and and by the way that 60 point loss last season largest margin of defeat by any team in the history of the women's tournament. So that's you you, you got to think coming out of the gate these girls just they wanted it. They wanted it, and it showed. Uh, you know, it, it was one of those. It was, it was one of those games where, you know, of course it's UConn. You expect them to just dominate as soon as you know the tip. The tip happens, but um, didn't happen. Didn't happen. The dogs just dominated from from the first whistle. Had a sixteen point lead. That's absurd. That's absurd for any team to do that on UConn. You know that that stuff, it doesn't happen. That doesn't happen against against UConn. Had an eight point lead at half. This was a rare moment, I think, in women's basketball where UConn had to play catch up. You know, they because they did. This wasn't a game, and we talked about this before. This wasn't a game where Mississippi State was playing catch up. They were just hanging in the ball game. They were just trying to stay in it to give them give themselves a chance, you know, just a miraculous 
chance to win it. This was a game where the Bulldogs came out, dictated tempo, and controlled the game. And UConn had to play catch-up. Tell me how many times that sentence has ever been said in the past four years. I'm going to go under 111. <laughs> You're probably right. You're probably right. But, I mean, it just – it was shocking. I'll say it was shocking because, I mean, it's UConn. You don't, you don't expect – any team to come out and, and punch UConn in the mouth and say, all right, you're, you're swing, let's go, your turn. But, I mean, that's exactly what this Bulldog team did. And it was, my heart was racing the entire game. I was paced, I, could, I couldn't sit down for the life of me. I was pacing back and forth, watching the whole thing, screaming, shouting. I was upsetting my dog to no end. She was freaking out. Um, Shout out, Maggie. Yeah, shout out to Maggie. She's a sweetheart. She's currently sleeping peacefully right now as we speak. But but she was she was a she was a bucket of nerves the whole time because I was just screaming. She thought she got in trouble. But um, the the fact that this wasn't like I said before, just like a a state hanging around, just looking for a chance to pull off an upset type of game. It was a game where they just led the game. They were just a better team. That, to me, is the biggest takeaway from that game. You know, And, and nobody can sit there and say, oh, UConn was just off. UConn was just, you know, they had a bad night. It, I mean, they, they didn't have a great night, but, you know, you can, you can attribute that to the state just going full force at them, and they, could, they didn't have an answer. And I, I think that that's probably... That's probably one of the coolest things uh, that can be said about that game. Uh, so, something, and, and this is all along your point because this is the conversation that we had uh, a couple of days ago about this. Um, just stressing it, when you have good teams like UConn, you think about like UConn women's basketball, and then you think about uh, Alabama football, and you think about you know, a very good maybe baseball team, but mainly so much, like I said, basketball and football, it's easy to see. Really good teams, they make you play their game, yes. and that's what they're known for. And to beat them, everybody says, oh, you're going to have to beat Alabama at their own game. You're going to have to beat UConn at their own game. You're going to have to beat North Carolina at their own game. And to your point, it's crazy. For 40 minutes, UConn had to try and play Mississippi State basketball. Yes. Because that game went down the way we wanted it to go down. Mm-hmm. We played our game. It was it was not we were letting them dictate. If we wanted to shoot threes, we shot a couple threes. If we mm-hmm. wanted to bend it down low and absolutely abuse them on the boards and get some putbacks, we did that. Corey uh, and McCowan were just dominant down low. Richardson was dominant down low. Vivian's was knocking down trays. Morgan Williams obviously had another great performance and was just knocking down anything she wanted to. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, like I said, because we – we came out, as you said, we hit them in the mouth, and we said, we're going to play our game. You can either try and play your game and see if it changes ours, and I'm guessing they probably did, and you know what? It didn't, and for a team like UConn to have to change their game to adjust to ours, mm-hmm. that's and that's all to what you just said. It's crazy. It's crazy that we were good enough on in that stage against that team to say, our game is good enough to beat your game tonight, and so you're going to have to try and beat us. And at the end of the night, they couldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean that that game shouldn't that game shouldn't even gone to overtime. I mean, we, when you're up 
as much as we were. I mean, we, we definitely let off the gas, or you can say they played a little bit better to get it to, you know, where it was. And then you had the proverbial flagrant foul call that yeah. was a phantom call that I still have yet to understand what happened. Yeah. Like, I I saw the replay. I see what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But how how do you make that call in that moment? The refs just taking the game out of the players' hands and saying, we're going to dictate what happens here. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's bananas to me that a team like Mississippi State, I mean, this is Mississippi State University, and we just made the most storied women's franchise ever play Mississippi State ball. They had to try and play our game, and at the end of the day, they didn't have the – they couldn't do it. And we, we killed them down low. They were – you know, they had some athletes out there, but at the end of the day, they weren't ready to play that gritty style of basketball that Mississippi State team has been known for with McCowan and Richardson and Dillingham just absolutely being fierce on defense. And then when you throw in somebody like Vivens, who was – her shot was absolutely – gelling that night mm-hmm. and then morgan williams doing her thing oh it, i mean they, it, it was absolutely they had in my mind they had no chance because they're not ready for that when, when we when we were clicking on all, all cylinders like we were on friday night mm-hmm. and we were for a long time i mean it wasn't like it was just a half a quarter boost i mean for three quarters we absolutely pedaled to the metal and then we eased off in the fourth and then luckily we found we found some magic in the in that in that uh that last overtime mm-hmm. and then uh to go to move into that, you know, I mean, I know we're talking about the game. How amazing was that Morgan Williams shot? And I say how amazing was it. If you watch the game, and I'm hoping if you're a state fan listening to this, you did watch the game. She made a, a, a bit, an error at overtime at the end of regulation to choose to drive the ball. Mm-hmm. And she got swatted yes. and just destroyed. And it's funny, <laughs> in overtime, she got the ball, same position. She started to dribble, and it's almost like you you would hope maybe in her mind she was like, this seems familiar, and last time I got absolutely abused. Nope, I'm just going to stop right here, pull up Jay in this person's face, and clear her finger by about half an inch. I mean, the perfect amount, and nothing but net. That I've n- I never thought in my life that I would see a player that had that much in that moment, the Final Four, semifinal, to beat UConn, the most storied franchise in women's basketball history. I never thought Mississippi State would have a player that could hit that shot in that moment. Like if you would, if you would have told me that we would have hit like a layup with like a minute left, and then somehow that layup would have lasted for sixty seconds, and we'd have won, I would have been like, "Yeah, that's plausible." Like UConn misses a couple shots. For us to hit a buzzer beater, yeah, lad, when was the last <laughs> time we hit a buzzer beater? When is, uh, in it in basketball? When was two thousand seven? Jamal Gordon against Kentucky. Yeah. That's the last one I could think of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and yeah, that, yeah, I mean it's bananas and we've been we've had so many heartbreaks at the buzzer beat i can so think of those many. john wall kentucky teams and the number of different ones mm-hmm. yes and we hit one against uconn in the final four are you kidding me <laughs> to end oh. the streak to end the streak to end the streak <laughs> taking down the undertaker at wrestlemania i mean that's, <laughs> that's you got to put it on that level yeah yeah we just f5'd them <laughs> we ended the streak uh 111 and one and we're the one. We're the one in four years. Uh, but yeah, that the Morgan William shot was just the most intense thing as a, as a fan of Mississippi State. It was the most intense thing I've ever experienced. You're sitting there. Of all people, you see Dominique Dillingham taking it up the court. And, and God bless her, you know she didn't want the ball in her hands because she's not... She's not the most offensive threat we have on the court, obviously. 
but she's taking it up the court, and you just see it in her eyes. Please, please, Morgan, take this ball from me. And she, she finally, she finally gets it off to Morgan William. And to, there, to there's be, what? To be fair, I would be the exact same position. Oh. It's no knock on Dillingham. I would be anyone but me. Please take this yes, shot because yes. I do not want to be live in the uh, the record books as just another Mississippi State player to miss a buzzer beater. Oh my gosh. So I. Yeah. She she had every right to believe yes. that she just didn't need to take that, but it was it was funny. You could tell as she's bringing it up exactly what she said. She was like, "Anyone, please, anyone, take this ball." <laughs> no, 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 I'm not ready. No, <laughs> Kevin Hart. <laughs> but no, the, in that situation, her just looking to get the ball away from her—that's me in life. That's me in general. <laughs> I, in that moment, I was Dominique Dillingham, and she was me. <laughs> But she gets she she passes it to Morgan William and if there's I mean the clock's ticking man you're just sitting there oh my gosh we're about the, the clock's gonna you know it's gonna go out we're, it's done it's over with three seconds I think when when Morgan starts driving and then to just stop pull up over Gabby Williams of all people the most athletic girl I think in that in the country in that tournament and just sink it as the as the time runs out the clock. You know, goes off. One of the one of the greatest one of the greatest moments I think I've ever witnessed. It just it cemented her in bulldog fame. I think she you'll you'll never forget the name Morgan William. You'll never forget the name Dominic Dillingham, or you know Okori, or Brianna Whit- Richardson. This team, this team cemented itself in bulldog history as one of the great teams. Ever they they should never have to buy a beer in Starville again. I don't no. know if they're drinkers, but they they should never. I think I think that's the phrase I've heard before from various teams that live in infamy in their hometowns mm-hmm. and their respective towns. This team should never buy a drink in the, in Starville again. I don't care if it's a random Tuesday afternoon at three o'clock. If they walk into Little Dewey's and I'm in front of them, I'm turning around and going, "Just get whatever you want, just whatever. I don't care. Just get it. It's on me. It's on me. You've on you've me. you've earned it." You, you You've done enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about this. I got you. I got you. But that's true, man. They, they, kudos to them, and just congrats to them. What they did, what they did in during that game, just it was absolutely amazing to watch, and. And that, that's all. That's all women's basketball. We don't have to talk about anything else, right? There's nothing. There's nothing else that happened this weekend. I don't uh, think. Well, see, <laughs> when you win against UConn, <laughs> usually that means you got another one to play. Well, that's not. No, that's not the case. That's I'm not say the, the case. Exact opposite. Like that's, that's true. That's, that's true. My, my, that's my comment true. will be: This was the most Mississippi State thing ever to end the streak to beat UConn, a team that had won 111 games in a row. And what and what game is it? The semifinals. Mm. So now you mm. got to go play in a national championship. Two days later, you got to go beat Finland. Uh, just, Oof. are you kidding me? Like, I, I, it was one thing to like win the game, and obviously we lived in the moment, and I celebrated as if we had won the national championship. And then just to wake up, and I think you and I started texting about it, and for me to finally realize, like. No, we have to play another game. Yeah. And not only are we playing another game, but uh, 
Lad, who, who do we have to play? <sighs> Dude, don't, don't. I don't. Want... <laughs> do, we, do we have to talk? Uh, no, we got, we got to. We have to talk about it. We have to do it, lad. All we right. just have to all do right. it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Mississippi State women's basketball team played a national championship game. Their opponent, uh, South Carolina Gamecocks, the women's team. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know <laughs> how I feel about the South Carolina women's basketball team. Um, I hate them. I hate them. They're, they are quite literally the worst thing ever created, and I, I hate their guts. But we had to play them. We had to play them for the third time. And, I mean, the, look, our girls just looked at a gas, which is completely understandable, given the semifinal against UConn that they had just played, like, a little over 24 hours beforehand. That, that game was emotionally tolling, and the, girl, the girls just looked at they looked out of it come come game time in that national championship. Um, Asia Wilson, she she is not of this world. She is just an, an absolute beast, and she dictated the entire game. She she imposed her will on the entire team. She, McCowan had a height advantage on her, and she still couldn't do anything to stop Asia Wilson. Uh, are, are you are you saying Asia Wilson had like something extra going for her? Oh, that's a, mm, did she? Mm. We're not saying. Mm. Hmm. Mm. How did she? She got stronger? She she had a better fourth quarter than she did the rest of the game? Is that? Mm. Hmm. 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 I wonder. Wonder what she did at halftime. Hmm. It was kind of a long halftime break if you think about it now that I remember. Mm. I wonder. Mm. Well, we're just, we're not saying anything. But we're, we're not not saying it. Well, hey, that's that's your prerogative. <laughs> but I think the big st- well, besides the fact that they were just they were just out of, out of gas, they just looked lethargic the whole game. Another story was Coach Schaefer sat Morgan William a lot. Uh, sat her for five minutes in the first half, and and she sat out the entire fourth quarter. I. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, it's a, is this a teaching moment? This is kind of a terrible time to have a teaching moment with your star player who got you here, which is true, but I, I, if you really think Vic Schaefer sat there and said, hmm, I don't like Morgan Williams' attitude in the national championship game. I think I'm going to sit her for an entire quarter. If you think that was his thought process, you're insane. You're insane. That just I, I don't see that th- being it at all. I just think I think she was she was she was spent. She was tired. She was just she was out of it, and and you hate to see that. Um, but at the same time, Jeremy, even if you are that tired, it's a national championship game. You know, you gotta. There's got to be something, something that just gets that second wind in you and you say, okay, it's time to go. This It's all or nothing right here. Uh, what, what do you think about Schaefer's uh, choices? Um, I think I think there's a combination of things that went into it. Um, 
for those of you who are not familiar with this past season, we haven't had a good record against South Carolina. And uh, as much as that was continued, they, I mean, they came out, and I will give them credit, they came out hot, and we came out flat, which was to be expected, again, coming off the game that we had on Friday and being on such short notice. And, I mean, you and I joked about it, and I joked about it with a number of people. I wish there would have been a week in between semifinal national championship and they would have been yeah. a little more fair because uh, I expect our girls to turn around after that emotional win and after the media plays it up for the entire day Saturday mm-hmm. and even in Monday and then to turn around at 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon and be like, oh, by the way, you have to play a national championship. It, it was already the – start. the cards were stacked against us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you watch that game and watch the way South Carolina played and watch how Morgan Williams was playing and – I agree. It was uh, – in that type of game, I don't even know if it matters so much that she was tired. She may have been tired, but I think the adrenaline is probably carrying you no matter what. Mm-hmm. But she just – I mean, I, I from a coaching standpoint, and we might have to, you know, at some point bring in our uh, coaching expert that we had a couple weeks back to give me his opinion. But mm-hmm. it just looked like maybe it was more of a strategy to where Morgan Williams just wasn't being effective. And she was – she turned the ball over a few times, which she rarely does. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were just – they, they're a long team, and that freshman that they have covering her is a long player to where it really negates what she can do because she is, as was brought up many times, she's a small player. Yes. Uh, so it just seemed like, it, I mean, from the strategy standpoint, it would have made sense because, yes, the I think her name was Jasmine that came in. Jasmine um, Holmes? Yes, she came in, and she was very, I mean, and I'll say this, for her to come in, she didn't play bad coming in, and, I mean, she – defended with a lot of uh, aggression and she was flying around the court and she was a little bit longer so she seemed to throw their point guard off a little bit and she mm-hmm. knocked down a couple shots um, but regardless regardless of everything I just said it's Morgan Williams it's the it's the last game of the year it's the national championship um, yeah you know we made a little run in the third quarter and uh, into the fourth without her so maybe he just Vic thought maybe the team was just playing better without her. It's one of those things where we've had to sit Vivians at different points throughout the year whenever she wasn't contributing. Yeah. So we had to sit her. But uh, the push comes to shove. I think at one point we were within four or six with five minutes left. You got to throw the kitchen sink at it to use a, a, a fun phrase that you might hear. And for us, the kitchen sink, at least for these past few games, has been Morgan Williams. So, yeah. I mean, she needed yeah. She needed to be on the floor. I don't care if she's hurt us. You got to expect your big players to show up in big moments, and you got to expect that in that moment she's not going to turn the ball over. She's going to make the right choice. She's going to give the right person the ball, or she's going to make the shot because she's your playmaker, and she just knocked down the best shot in Mississippi State history two nights ago. So you just got to believe in her. So I, I, I can understand maybe where it was plausibly the thought process was coming from, but in that moment you got to. And so, for, so I've heard somebody say that you know, oh well, she rolled her eyes, and now it was that teaching moment that you brought up. Lad, I'll be honest. If I were Vic Saver, she could have dog cussed me in the middle of the thing, like <laughs> yeah. middle of the huddle. She could have looked at me and just dropped seven f bombs and told me that she thinks I'm the worst person in the world. And I would look at her and be like, "See me after class, but go ahead and get back on the court because I need you to win me a national championship." Like that. In the, in that moment, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm I'm gonna ride, I'm gonna let my ego step to the side and be like. I know you're really mad and you just disrespected me in the worst way, but mm. I need this national championship and I kind of need you to win it. So, yeah. yeah, well, hey, I'll suspend you for the first half of the first game against Mississippi Valley next year. Yes. That's going to be my punishment. But <laughs> benching her at that moment, just I didn't feel it was right. So I'm, I'm for all the things Vic's done, and I love Vic, and I can't thank him enough for this 
amazing year that we just had. But I, 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 I just, you know, it's a debate. It's a, bit, a debatable moment. So I disagree with him on this part. I've agreed with him on nine thousand other ones, and I disagree with him on this one. So, you know, embrace debate, so to speak. But yeah, uh, yeah we'll. It is what it is, and I'll start. I know we got a lot to talk about. I don't want to, you know, spend too much time. Love this team. I, I hate they lost. Yeah, you hate yeah. it, but uh, yeah, they'll they'll always have a special place in Mississippi State fan heart forever now because of what they did in these last three weeks. Really, what they've done the whole season. They've yes. given us hope that uh, they brought the hump for hoops back, and I hope that they can continue it. Maybe Howland can feed off this next year, and the men's team can bring back the hump for hoops for men's. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot to be excited about. You return. Hopefully you return. I'm pretty sure they're uh, um, all juniors. But you got Vivians and McCowan and Morgan Williams all coming back. So no reason to believe that we won't be right back in the thick of it next year. We know we can beat UConn now, so we got that confidence. Maybe some of these South Carolina players, who, you know, maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll have that Tommy John thing and uh, they'll no, be out for a year. You know what happened? Today, uh, two of them not named Asia Wilson – uh, Alicia Gray and another one uh, declared for the draft for the WNBA. So, so yeah. not Asia Wilson. No, she well, she's still twenty-one. I think there's a rule that says you have to be uh, twenty-two at the or year. on steroids. Uh, well, or that. Well, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Hey, sorry, that's my bad. Allegedly, but, but but that does that puts me in a better mood. Hey, if. If all South Carolina brings back next season is Asia Wilson, that's not – that's – hey, we might have a shot of at least winning one game against them, those cheaters. You that's know? when you send out the proverbial Campbell from the uh, late 2000 days and just absolutely foul the hell out of her and just take her out of the game. I think that can be that can be a Jasmine Holmes situation where yes. Vic just puts her on the court. But, hey, just go foul her. Just go hit her. Just foul go her. low. Go for the knees. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Don't, Allegedly. Don't, don't do that. Do don't, that. Wink, don't, wink. Don't hurt her. Don't hurt her. But like, hey, make sure she. Like, we don't. We don't wish play. serious injury on anybody. But I mean, if you have a one game, you know, re, you know, rolled ankle, eh, it, you know, it happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, just sticker, sticker where you know she kind of just limps for like the next six hours. But after that, she's fine. That's all we. That's well. Just something, may, like that, may, something like that. Maybe we can like catfish her, and then we can break up with her right before. We can we can pull like a Matateo situation. Oof, that would. I still don't understand how that happened. That whole situation. <laughs> I, we're getting a little off subject here, but I mean, <laughs> that, going down the rabbit hole. Let's yeah. go, baby. <laughs> I still don't understand how that whole situation even from the guys that claim to put out the lights. <laughs> if Mississippi State ever got up on UConn, we bring you catfishing Asia Wilson. <laughs> with with guest appearance, man, I tell you, and his girlfriend. Yeah. She's here, I think. Oh, she's right. She's sitting right here. And that's enough, man, I tell you, jokes. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're only bringing back um, Asia Wilson. I mean, I'm sure they. I'm sure they're going to have some some more talent to surround her. But that 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 has me hopeful, you know. So bring them on next season. Hey, we get them in Starkville. Yeah, that's right. No more Finally. South, no more South Carolina, you know, games. You bunch of mm, – God, I hate that team. <laughs> I hate that team. They're the worst. But we'll, we'll end we'll end the talk of women's basketball with this. This team went further than anyone expected, except us, of course, because we knew. We knew they – we knew. 
We knew they'd play for a national championship. Yep. They they beat some of the best teams in this tournament. They beat Washington, an all-time women's leading scorer, Kelsey Plum. They beat Baylor and Kim Mulkey, who is just a singular person with no affiliation to any other person and or sibling (laughs) ever. And they beat a team that hadn't lost in over four years. And and, and, and that, that win right there against UConn, that's what's going to define this season for me. Against all odds, they believed in themselves. They kept to them, you know, they kept true to themselves. They played their brand of black basketball, and they did the unthinkable. They snapped the largest winning streak, one of the largest ever, and they did it by being aggressive the whole game and by dominating a majority of the game. And... A lot of teams, obviously, hence the 111 and one record. A lot of teams couldn't do that. Um, but but the, the the final takeaway I have for this team is that we will always remember, and the country will always remember what this team accomplished on a Friday night in Dallas in late March. They never stopped believing, and they shocked the world. So praise get, the Lord and go dogs. Praise the Lord and go dogs. Give thanks for hoops. It was an amazing season, and I cannot, I cannot wait for next season. It's going to be electric. It's going to be fun. absolutely. All right, let's move on to some other sports because hey, we won in a lot of other sports too this weekend, Jeremy. I don't know if you saw. Own the weekend. Own the weekend. Let's go to baseball. The Diamond Dogs took a trip to that school up north, and they came away with a sweep of the Ole Miss Rebels. I think you and I talked about it last week. We said we said that it was it was possible that the dogs could could go up there, take two out of three, I think that's what you predicted. But uh we had a couple of players by the name of downtown Cody Brown and Brent Rooker that decided, hey, we want all three wins. So they got them. They got them, they sweep them. And I think the the whole thought process now is, hey, you know, this season might not turn out as bad as we all thought it was. It was doom and gloom leading up to that, that Tennessee series where we said, hey, we really need, we got to take this series. And look what we've done. Two straight SEC uh, series sweeps. Granted, Tennessee, cellar dwellers, not the, not the best. But we needed that. I think that was a momentum boost. And, of course, any time you can go to Oxford and win a game, let alone three of them, Jeremy, that's huge. That's that's a morale booster. Um, it, yeah, it, 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 seems, it seems that for the moment, you know, the clouds have parted and Mississippi State fans are once again happy with our baseball team. Jeremy, what are your thoughts about this weekend series with Ole Miss? Ah, what 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 more can you say? I mean, I I'll admit I was I was one of those Mississippi State fans you just described. I was very skeptical, did mm-hmm. not have the faith in the dogs that I probably should have. Uh, you know, obviously I don't I don't want to get too far ahead, but I will say this season's definitely taking a turn. Uh, got some positives now. I, I challenged the dogs last week. I said that the uh, this Ole Miss series was going to be a character building series potentially. Uh, we're going to find out what this team was about, and woo, did we find out? I mean they. They found out, I mean, all three wins were just in their own way, uh, just 
showed a lot of character for the Dolphins. Is that the best way I can put it? Uh, you mm-hmm. know, Friday night, uh, Hill came out and had an okay outing, not a great one, gave up a couple runs, and, uh, you know, the Dogs had to fight back. And, you know, it really came down to the bullpen kind of clampering down whenever we finally got a lead. And uh, your boy downtown, Cody Brown, launching – Launching that home run on Friday really set the tone. Not, Thursday. Not just, was that Thursday? Uh, Thursday, sorry. Yeah, Thursday, Thursday, yes, yes. It was Thursday. My fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hitting that home run on Thursday, I mean, it, it didn't set the tone just for that game, which we would go on to win, but it set the tone for the weekend. I yeah. mean, it, it yeah. really, to win that Thursday night, Friday night in my mind, uh, game really set the tone as like, we're here for business. And, you know, Ole Miss knew it at that point. You know, mm-hmm. they, they obviously felt parts of that Friday game definitely felt like they were about to just uh, – just run away with it, and then you know, and he thought if we and I told you if we lost that Friday game, I was really worried. Or Thursday, sorry, if we lost yeah. that Thursday game. I was worried that we the potential for a sweep was there for the Ole Miss end. But uh, to win that game on Thursday, then turn around on Friday and uh, win another heated matchup on you know just a, about a couple runs, and then I mean on Saturday, I mean to win a two-one game. When we're again, I say again, we're throwing Jake Mangum as our starter. Ugh. Love you, Jake, but still, it's just weird Oof. to think that you're a starting pitcher. And it he went five innings. But uh, I mean, you had to. For me, the MVP of the weekend is the bullpen. I mean, yeah, you had people. Riley Self, amazing. Oh, he's great. He's great. Just, or Barton, uh, amazing. And then obviously Spencer Price. I mean, three for three on saves. Uh, what an amazing gritty player he is. I love him. You know, he doesn't have that. That put away fastball, but he does have a nasty little slider curveball and mm-hmm. just absolutely made a couple of Ole Miss players look silly with some of the strikeouts he was getting this weekend. But uh, yeah, for all the questioning we've done on the pitching staff, they said they they answered. Hey, sometimes when you get questioned, you just got to answer with a performance like you did this weekend. And mm-hmm. I, like I said, I'm I'm raising my hand. I doubted these dogs a little bit. I was worried about the season, but uh, I'm, I'm firmly planted back in the. Uh, I think we got a you know a good team here. Mm-hmm. You know, we got. We're starting to come together hitting. People are starting to piece it together. Um, and, yeah, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, to beat a team like – oh, this is a good Ole Miss team. Don't take anything away from them. This Ole Miss team will definitely still contend for an SEC West championship. But to mm-hmm. get three wins against them, that's, like I said, sets the tone for a, what could be a pretty good year for us. I'm excited. Like I said, I still think – regardless of what happened, I still said this was a tournament team. But, I mean, heck, if we can play our way back into possibly hosting a regional – you never know what can happen when Mississippi State gets some games of duty in the mm-hmm. field in, uh, in the postseason. You just never oh, yeah. know. Magic, magic happens on that field in the postseason, as I've seen personally. Oh, so, uh, 2013, we saw that. 2013, we, we saw, saw that it magic. personally. It was great. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see if we can build on it. So uh, go dog. Very proud of them. And uh, I look forward to seeing what they can accomplish this weekend against a very, a very good Kentucky team coming to town. But uh, it's the magic of Super Bowl all weekend. So, you know, I'll say it. You know, Nick Mangione returns and mm-hmm. – uh, They've done a great job with that Kentucky team, but uh, put them in them in Dewey Noble. They're they're a good hitting team. I know they've got a small park up there, so I feel I feel like they benefit a little bit from that. Mm-hmm. I think you put them in a Super Bowl all weekend. I'm taking dogs two or three. This is where we, this is where we really stake our claim that that's we're back. Huge. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. I like it though. This Kentucky team, they're very good. Seven and one, I think, in SEC play. They're leading the East. This, yep. This has got that team running on all cylinders right now. They swept. A&M first weekend in SEC uh, play in College Station. That's 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 tough to do. That's that's pretty tough. But yeah, um, I think two out of three would be just gigantic. Uh, you you got to imagine we're on cloud nine if that if that happens, considering how 
the 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 early part of this season has been. So two out of three, I'll take it. Hey, we get we said two out of three from Ole Miss, and look what they did. So I'm with you on that. Um, let's go to softball. A brief brief softball recap. Uh, the team traveled to Baton Rouge. They faced tenth ranked LSU tight the uh, the tenth ranked LSU Tigers, and uh, they got swept. It's 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 kind of it's hard to take positives out of being swept by a team, but I I think if this if this team this soft team can rally and start taking some SEC series of their own, uh, I, I'll consider this season a success. Uh, it's a young team. We'll we'll we 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 just got to be patient with this softball team, um, and and of course the SEC just like pretty much every other sport that the SEC plays. It's it's one of the one of the best conferences, just all across the boards, especially college softball. Um, every weekend, it seems like the dogs are facing a ranked opponent, um, and that that's going to be tough when we're we're one of the the lesser teams in the conference. But if we can if we can sneak some series wins in here in in this season, uh, I'll I'll be more than happy for this team. Uh, this next weekend. Of course, it's Super Bulldog weekend. Uh, they look to rebound in Starkville in front of hopefully a very good environment at News Park against a team we just can't seem to get away from, Jeremy. They play South Carolina. So, honestly, I hope they just absolutely destroy South Carolina. Let's get, let's get a sweep. Let's get a sweep for Super Bulldog weekend. That would be That would be pretty good. Uh, Jeremy, what do we got for tennis and track and golf and anything else you might want to talk about? Yeah, um, and going along with uh, everything that we said about this weekend, this really was a big weekend for Mississippi State, and it continued uh, on the hard court. I'll, uh, I'll start off with some tennis action. Uh, it was a it was a rough beginning. I will not say technically it was not the weekend as the men's tennis team uh, played a very very good uh, top ranked Georgia team on Thursday. Uh, dropping a tough 4-0 decision, um, which I know you're seeing 4-0, hearing 4-0 team, everybody would assume, you know, we got killed. But uh, I watched this match. A lot of it I uh, was able to tune in via their video uh, uh, live streaming that they now have available on com during their matches. I recommend anybody that can't make it to Starville to check it out. It's a cool way to watch. You can literally click on which court you want to watch at any time. So if you want to watch the number one singles or the number six singles, you can watch an individual feed of that match. So it's a cool little thing that they brought about this year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was tough. I mean, we lost the doubles point. Literally we split two of the matches and we lost the last match seven, six in a tiebreaker. So oh. literally it was, all, it was back and forth. It could have gone either way, I- anywhere, anytime it could have gone either way. Right. And uh, it ended up that that match was huge because they came out and they, uh, they knocked us out really hard in the uh, five and six singles, winning those games, in st- uh, winning those matches in straight sets. And then uh, our boy Rack Attack dropped a hard fault six four six four and number two to end the match. And what they did was they suspended the other three, which we were leading in the other three matches. So, proverbially, you say if they would have ended this match and we would have won, we would have lost four three. And then if we could have won that doubles point, boom, it flips over. So, as as much as it's or easy as it is to see four zero and just assume, man, we got killed. It, it was a, it was a better match than what was presented, and uh, I think this dog team can build from that. And obviously, they didn't let it uh, 
stay on their minds too long because they came back on Saturday, played a very good Tennessee team, and came out and just absolutely dominated in nice. a 6-1 uh, defeat of the Volunteers, who are pretty usually a pretty good team uh, year in, year out. Uh, I think they're not – they're, it wasn't a ranked win, but uh, still a very respectable Tennessee team. Uh, we came out and dominated in the doubles, dominated in the singles. Uh, you know, Rack Attack got a win. Board just got a win. Fashi, uh, Matura, all of them were getting wins. So, I mean, it, it was it was a big, uh, big, big bounce back, so to speak, because the dogs needed it coming off that Georgia loss. So, you know, and this was on Saturday. This was part of Own the Weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were excited about it. And uh, just continuing on with what happened there, they, they will uh, now move forward into Super Bowl all weekend. They actually host the matches this weekend. Uh, they're playing A&M and LSU on Friday and Sunday, so I encourage any and all Bulldogs that are in the area. I'm sure they probably worked out the time to where they're not directly uh, in line with too many of the baseball and football games inter- inter- uh, going on. So I recommend going down there, checking out a little bit of the tennis matches. These dogs deserve our attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rankings came out uh, yesterday on Tuesday, and uh, the men's team came out in number 18 in the country, so still very respectable, right around that 16 mark that I said we wanted to be at to mm-hmm. try and host uh, a regional. Uh, Nuno Borges is ranked number four in the country. That's not number 4D. That's number four, as in one, two, three, four, lad. Um, that's some good counting um, on your part. That's some solid counting. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't like to count to high numbers, and he makes sure I only have to count so high, but uh, – also, and I, and like I said, still very respectful. Our boy Rack Attack coming in at number one twenty-two hey, in the country. We'll take it. So still, hey, that's all the that's the entire country. So yeah. still very respectable. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the team of Fashi and Braun in the doubles rankings, they moved up. I think fifteen spots to number twenty-one in the country. Ooh. So uh, you know we got we got some really good dogs out there uh, on the men's side. So they deserve our attention. And like I said, this weekend's a big weekend with Super Bulldog. I know everybody's going to be in town. It'll be a packed weekend. And I encourage you to go out, check out these dogs. Give them some love. They deserve your attention. Uh, very excited about uh, the future for these dogs. Um, now switching over, same hardcore, but just going over to women's tennis. Women's tennis, they really did own the weekend. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better weekend from them. Uh, Open up the weekend uh, with a big away game at Texas a number 25, and came away with a victory, 4-1, to one, nice. dominating fashion. They were led by uh, our old uh, Sarah Lizaturi, the, the Liz. Liz. The Liz. Uh, and Jennifer Brown, we're giving her a first-time shout-out on this one. They they won their doubles points separately, but they played uh, doubles and won each of those double points and won their singles to lead the way. So a uh, big match to get a ranked win on the road. Those matches don't come easy in SEC play. Uh, I'll, I'll get to why that's a big deal later on. Came back on uh, Sunday and hosting a very tough LSU number 19. They were ranked higher than us, LSU team. On senior day for our, a fan of the podcast uh, and my personal uh, top dog from last week, Jasmine Lee. So mm. shout out to Jasmine Lee, senior day. We love you. Uh, dogs came over with a 6-1 dominating victory. Just nice. Absolutely. Jasmine Lee led by example on senior day, going 2-0 and in both singles and doubles, with both of those being ranked wins. Uh, as the team just absolutely destroyed what is a very good LSU team. Uh Really just set the tone for the weekend for them. So that's two range wins for them. Uh, this weekend, they'll be on the road uh, at South Carolina. Can't get away from that team. I mm. swear, they're just everywhere. I hate them. And uh, on the road to Florida. So uh, we'll be keeping up with it. I advise anybody to follow them on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, Instagram. They'll be posted up. We'll be obviously keeping up with them a lot. And we're excited. And uh, we're going to root them on. Go dogs. Uh, when the rankings came out this weekend, our ladies are at number 16, lad. Uh-oh. They're in, they're in that number that I want. But, uh, man, they, 
they moved they moved up nine spots so a wow. uh, big weekend for them um just for a little bit of a reference to how tough the SEC is in women's tennis, 11 schools in the SEC are ranked in the top 25. Wow. 11. Wow. So, That's, like wow. I said, it's a grinder every weekend. So, I'm sure USC and Florida are probably somewhere in. I know Florida is actually a really good team, so it, it never stops. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jasmine Lee, as an individual and single, she's ranked as number 18 in the country. She oh. continues to fly off the charts. And then she partners with uh, Lisa, Marie Mer- uh, Lisa Marie Rowe, to form the number five doubles team in the country. That's pretty so, good. You know, right now, the tennis team, hey, I, I, I know I'm a little biased towards it, and uh, this podcast is a little biased towards them because we cover them, but we want any and all people to go out there and support these teams because they deserve it. They, we got some really good uh, tennis action happening. Yes. Um, moving over to the Lynx uh, in, in fashion with a, a big tournament going on this weekend called the Masters. Uh, we're going to slide over <laughs> to some golf and – We'll start with the women. Uh, women participated in the Clemson Invitational this past weekend. They had, they had a good little tournament. They, uh, they ended up finishing 11th, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but there were a good number of teams there. Some really good teams were there. And uh, they were paced by, uh, oh, here we go, first one of the day. Shia Jessica Ping. Okay. Uh, yeah. fin- sounded finished. Good. Sounded right. Yeah, sounded uh, good. I apologize, as I always have to. Uh, <laughs> she finished 7th. And finished two under for the tournament, so really a uh, good job by Ping to really get out there. Ping is a very golf sounding name, so yeah, that's yeah. it. Hey, you you nailed that that uh, <laughs> sports juice for going hey, to golf. Ping, maybe you should sponsor Ping. Ah, oh, get it? That's get what it. you did there. Yeah, that's clever. Uh, moving over to men's golf, they actually hosted a tournament at the Old Waverly Collegiate Championship at, uh, out in West Point, Mississippi, a, t- a tournament they've hosted for a number of years now. And uh, you would expect them to do pretty good considering it's their home course. It's a course they play a lot. And uh, true to form, the dog came out and finished sixth in the tournament uh, right. with a very st- uh, tough field. Uh, they were led by Tana Pat Pickacool, who we've Ooh. talked about a number of times on this. He yep. was tied for uh, seventh. At minus four on the day, and then uh, Garrett Johnson finished tied for thirteenth at minus two for the tournament. Okay, uh, very respectable men's golf. You know that's a couple top ten finishes for them so far. I believe both women and men's golf. That was the end of regular season, so now they will move on to SEC tournament play, which will be later on this month. And we look forward to bringing you the nonstop coverage of the SEC tournament for men's and women's golf. Oh, that's going to be electric! I can't wait for that. <laughs> Uh, and now moving over to the good old track and field. You know, we love everywhere here on this podcast, lad. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there was a meet down in uh, Gainesville, yes. the old Florida meet, yep. and we came away with uh, five victories. Whew. So a weekend for the dogs as Mia Mitrich won a 5,000-meter run. That's a lot of meters. That's lad, Hey, that that's, sounds that sounds like too many meters for me. Sounds like way too many meters. I'm tapping but, uh, out of five meters. <laughs> maybe Maybe less. Maybe less. Uh, Nicholas Quiera, who we've referenced before, as yeah. he is a javelin thrower, and as you said, it we're a school that likes to throw things. Oh yeah. Uh, he won the javelin with a seventy-four point one nine meter throw of the javelin. The little Rio Weed Price, Rion Wed Price. I, I'm butchering you're, names you're, today. Your guess is as good as mine. I'm. Yeah, we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna go with Rion, as in Rihanna. So we're just gonna go with Rihanna. Rihanna Wed Price. Uh, won the 1500 meter run again, another long distance run. Sounds way too long for me, but we're proud That's of you cool. for winning it. Hey, yeah. Uh, the the women's distant medley relay team of Emma Tucker, Katura Smith, Alan Lewis, and Rihanna Price came back out 
Rion Wed, I'm sorry, I don't want to butcher your name, <laughs> came back out for another win, and then closing it out, the women's 100-meter shuttle hurdle relay team of Leah Lott, Tiffany Flynn, Shyla Broughton, and Zaria Tillman had a number, another victory. So that's five on the weekend for track and field. Bam. Good job, dogs. That was the start of outdoor season, and uh, we really set the tone. There were a lot of good teams competing in this uh, based on everything I was reading, and so it was a good weekend for the dogs, the lady dogs, men's dogs, on the track and field uh, at the meet. So very excited, and like I said, we own the weekend. In case you were wondering, we own the weekend. That's a lot of yeah. That's a lot of wins. That... Flipping it back over to you, lad, for <laughs> where we're going from here. Uh, that's hey. Congrats to all those teams, all those wins. This this really was quite a weekend in bulldog sports. Uh, a lot a lot of a lot of great a lot of great content to talk about. A lot of great recaps. Let's go to this next weekend coming up. It is none other than Super Bulldog Weekend. The the spring is here. So Starville, of course, it's Super Bulldog Weekend. Uh, it's going to be packed. It's going to be jumping. It always is. It's one of the premier weekends in Starville. Uh, plenty of sports to watch for incoming fans. We're going to have softball. We're going to have baseball's big series against Kentucky. Tennis. You know, it's it's just it's all going to be there for your viewing pleasure. But I think the biggest, and of course the the, the main attraction uh, for Super Bulldog Weekend, is the spring game for football. Nikki Fitz and Co. going to be back on the field. Woo! In Davis Wade, they're going to be putting their talents on display. We're going to see some some new faces, some new names, uh, it, it, and it's usually pretty exciting. It's it, it always means hey, college football is slowly creeping back into our lives, Jeremy. It's gonna, it's coming for us like a freight train. Not a very this fast podcast one. cannot wait for football season, guys. Mm. We got so many ideas for y'all. Mm. It's gonna be electric. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be some great stuff. Um, but like I said, Nikki Fitz back on the field. Bulldogs back on the field. Other than him, Jeremy, I'm gonna throw this question to you. Uh, who are you excited to see in this year's spring game? Ooh, uh, that's a good one. I mean, at the I think I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna say we'll say maybe both sides of the ball. I'm very excited to see Montez Sweat, offensive end. I've heard a lot about one of the JUCO guys. I'm. Really, I'm really excited to see all those JUCO guys. Yes, I mean, we've got, yes. We signed. We signed like what thirteen, twenty five. I don't know how many we signed. I think uh, upwards of a hundred. Upwards of a hundred. Yes. But this this could be a new defense. You got a new defensive coordinator. A lot of new dogs competing on defense. I'm excited to see that. And then, uh, like I said, I've heard a lot of things about Sweat. Uh, he's a former D1 athlete. He's played before, so I think he can really contribute immediately, also, so I'm excited. Also a great name, Sweat. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, a, what a name. What a football name, Sweat. There's no, no, no doubt in what sport he was made to play. <laughs> um, but, yeah, excited about him. Hear, hearing good things out of practice about him, so I, hopefully he can step in and really make, be a difference maker on the edge as we graduate a lot of those guys. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to throw out a, a name, a young guy that we saw a little bit last year. Uh, he kind of kind of came along towards the end of the year, you know, ne- never really having a breakout game, but I'm hopefully maybe he can have a breakout spring and then really come on this. Uh, Jamal Couch, wide Ooh. receiver. Yes. Uh, he's, a, he's a big body guy. And, you know, we know, we know what Nicky Fitz can do on the ground. We saw it. Uh, I think some people still wonder if he's still running in Oxford. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. He, some people might see him through campus just sprinting at random times. Uh, he's still running around there. But uh, uh, I think this year, this could be a year that, you know, it's got much similar to Dak where he might get uh, 
really explode on the offensive side with uh, the passing game. And I hope to – we've talked about it, how we think the dogs might actually just completely throw people off by choosing to pass the ball about 55 <laughs> times a game this year. Switching and to that air raid. Exactly, going to that air raid offense. And I think a big part of that game, you're going to have to have wide receivers step up. And I see Jamal Couch as a big-bodied uh, – you know, coming in as a sophomore guy, he's got he's got the room to grow. The you know, Fred Ross is now gone. Um, I think the position's there for him to take. And I, I, like I said, I've heard, I've heard some good things in the spring so far about him, and I'm excited to see if he can, you know, turn some heads on Saturday and really take off uh, going into this fall camp. So Jamal Couch for me. How about you? Uh, I like that. I, I, I think he was the he was the guy on social media who had the just ridiculous one handed catch. In, yes, uh, that, is who, that is why I chose so, him mainly. Yeah, That's yeah. pretty much so, it. Hopefully we see some kind of uh, variation of that in the spring game or next season. Uh, for me, on the defensive side of the ball, um, I'm going to go with, I think, fan favorite at this point, Leo Lewis. I'm excited to see him back. Uh, Absolutely. Ho- ho- hopefully he can, he can uh, go into that role of just, you know, leader of the linebackers. I, th- I think this season is going to be huge for him, and I'm incredibly excited to see to see uh, how it all unfolds for the standout linebacker, Leo Lewis. On offense, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Aries Williams. Yep. Uh, just, he, he, he's got to be the number one back now. Got to be. Uh, just tore it up in the Egg Bowl. And I love the way that he runs. He's a between-the-tackle guy. He will run you over. And that's what we need. We can't, mm-hmm. know, you know, now that Holloway's gone, and God bless Brandon Holloway, I will miss him. I love the speed. I love his heart. But <laughs> Brandon he was Holloway. A ti- he was a tiny man. <laughs> <laughs> he was. The Brandon Holloway's up the middle. <laughs> the draw's up the middle. We can't. I- I'm just, I'm thankful that that's no longer a thing. <laughs> Substitute uh, him with Aries, and I think you got you got a combo of Fitz and Aries that we saw in the Ole Miss game. It's gonna it's gonna you know have some very positive results. It's gonna be fun to watch. I think I think those two in tandem that they're gonna be hard to stop, and uh, it, it's gonna especially start, when we're throwing the ball fifty five times. Uh, yeah. teams are just not gonna know what to do. Yeah, because hey, we're gonna throw that one halfback draw. And then Aries is just going to take it for 70 yards and a touchdown. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought this team just threw the ball. No, not anymore. We do run it once every 70 plays. But I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see how he does. I'm excited about this team. I think we're going to be – obviously, I think we're going to be better than last season. Um, We we got kids with with plenty of experience now. We got all the the Juco guys in. Uh, So – you know, I'm not going to say sky's the limit for this team next season, but I, I I'm excited. I'm I'm ready to to see what it look like. And uh, college football just can't get here quick enough. Hey, I'll make a bold statement. I bet we make a better bowl game than Ole Miss. Ooh, you know, yeah, I th- yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's safe to say uh, <laughs> we we got a we got a better shot at the Sugar Bowl this year than Ole Miss. I will say that. Ooh, that's, yeah. that that's a that's a big take right there. Yeah, it's a big yeah. one. Yeah, I think that's true. Poor guys. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to some segments. 
Let's start winding this show down. Um, we're going to open up with a, a new segment, Jeremy. I think you're going to like it. I think everybody else is going to like it. It's, uh, it's, it's where we start kind of, or at least I start kind of getting a little weird. <laughs> you're a fan of that every now and then. So, so hey, why, why not incorporate it into the pod? In, in spurts, I'm okay with it. In spurts. <laughs> <laughs> if, okay. Well, if it ever starts getting too weird, just please t- t- tell me to just reel me back in. Uh, this this new segment, we're going to call it Conspiracies with Canoe. Now, if you are aware of my Twitter presence, uh, my na- you, you wouldn't find me by typing my, my real name. You would find me at ITFTPLAD, and you would see, in all caps, Chief Dragon Canoe. That's me. <laughs> that's That's the weird... Twitter guy, you see just saying weird things about ghosts and weird things about calling people nerds and all sorts of other nonsense. But that's me. Uh, With some Mississippi State sports sprinkled in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Sometimes I'll talk about Mississippi State sports. But if you love a good conspiracy slash ghost Twitter account, hit me up. Hit me up, and we'll talk about whatever comes to mind, specifically ghosts. But... It's Chief Dragon Canoe. In short, just say canoe. And there, here we have conspiracies with canoe. Uh, <coughs> this one, this segment, we're going to talk conspiracies. Whether they be stuff that I just completely make up in my head, which is 100% usually how it is. Or, you know, things that, hey, makes makes a little bit of sense to any other, you know, person who just happens to hear it. This week, um, we're, we're going to discuss a little in-house issues with For Whom the Cowbell Tolls. little, you know. Shout out who, For Whom the Cowbell Tolls. We oh appreciate yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Shout out those guys. They're great. SB Nation, uh, they're while we're here. They're how we're here. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, some, some, instant, some, some things happened last weekend. They kind of irked Jeremy and myself. Um, and that, that the, the case of, allegedly, we think some other certain podcasts under the For Whom the Cowbell Tolls umbrella, who claim that we're all, air quotes, all on the same team, end air quote, uh, seem to be taking ideas from your beloved Hail Dear Old Pod team and using them as their own ideas. Now... I'm not going to say this is 100% true, but I'm also going to say it's 100% true. <laughs> so, take it how you will. It's either right or wrong. It's up for you to decide. Um, we've, we've, we've been going, Jeremy, for six episodes now. Uh, so, we've, we've, had, we've had some segments already rolling for a good bit. Well... Some of these other uh, podcasts have used, I'll say, similar segment ideas. Um, we won't name names because, hey, it's all in good fun, and this is just a prank. Actually, it's not, but... At a, at a, at a date to be determined, we might give some names. <laughs> yeah. TBD. TBD on when we might name names. <laughs> yes. 
uh, I hope people. Well, they they may or may not. Okay, whatever. But yes, uh, we've used some great segments, um, and we kind of see the same things, the same segments, the same words in titles, uh, kind of float into the internet and find their way to another podcast. Uh, that doesn't seem very, quote, we're all on the same team, end quote, to me. But, you know, to each his own, I, well, I guess. Uh, but if we are all on the same team, shouldn't that mean that all podcasts should kind of listen to each other's podcasts and maybe find out if things sound a little too similar? And maybe if they do sound similar, maybe you should try and come up with something different, seeing as Hail Daryl Pod, the geniuses that we are, we've already put it out there. It's already kind of uh, technically ours. Um, and it's, it's, it's funny to me. Uh... At least, yeah, at least don't use the exact wording, <laughs> I would say, or, or or words in the segment title. Let's really be on the same team here, guys, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, respect the biz. Kind of, it's like kind of intellectual property theft, you know? What's ours as, is not, not yours. As the originators, cease and desist. Yeah, we will we will take legal action if need be. We have the uh, the resources. I've already contacted our lawyer. I had a great <laughs> discussion at the Jackson Mud Shots on Friday night. Um, yeah, we're prepared. We're prepared on all fronts to uh, take take this beyond. <laughs> now, I, I, we're not accusing we're not accusing anybody of of anything. Of course, as the segment says, this is just a conspiracy. Yet I have a strong, I have a strong gut feeling, you know. Hey, we know we know how smart we are. We know how creative we are, guys. We come up with some brilliant segments, some brilliant ideas, some alliteration, like bear bashing. That is just Ooh. great content. It rolls off the tongue. You're like, hey, oh, these guys are about to bash some bears. Of course, that's old Miss. Of course, that's bashing old Miss. Well. <laughs> Just, just saying, just saying. If we're on the same team, let's uh, let's 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 respect the biz, guys. I agree. That's and those, those are just good segments. Those are those are broad, open segments <laughs> that no one could ever accuse of being shallow or narrow, in my mind. <laughs> right, right. It's 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 broad for a reason, or it's narrow for a reason. Also, how dare you judge the narrowness or broadness of our segments? The, it, it, what, would you call the Wright brothers narrow for their airplane <laughs> idea? Uh, I think not. No, no, yeah, no. Would you call Would you call Noah narrow for building an ark? Because God told him to. Is that too narrow? No, it's it's pretty daggum broad. There's a lot of animals on that ark. <laughs> I, did I just compare me to Noah building an ark? I was, let's say who's God in this situation. <laughs> I'm not, I, the, I'm not, for, for whom the cowbell tolls is God, and we are Noah. And okay, <laughs> you yes, yes. 
I'll, yeah, I'll say it. Hey, welcome to Helldero Pod, where Lad compares himself to Noah. From the Bible. That's great. We're a family. We're a fa- family show. Hey, yeah, yeah. If you miss church, just just come here. I got your Sunday school lesson on tap. But consp- uh, conspiracies with Canoe, it'll get better. We're running with that one just because. Uh, but yeah, hey, other podcasts. Uh, hey, let's be hashtag on the same team for real. Okay, guys? Just saying. All right, now on to another segment that uh, we've done here from the get-go at Hail Daryl Pod. Can Coach Cannizzaro beat up that coach? And Jeremy, uh, this was a tough one. We got Kentucky coming in, and it's Nick Mingione. And I love that guy. I love that guy. Yeah, his, his, his smile is contagious. Yes. It's contagious. His energy was infectious. It's just, I love that guy. We're, I love that guy. We, there were so many us's and, you know, infectious, contagious. There's just too many to describe the guy. I love yeah. him. I'm with you. This is this is, this is has definitely been the toughest one so far. This mm-hmm. has been the toughest one to predict. But and at the end of the day, I don't know. It's your call. I mean, can Canizero beat up that coach? All right, here, here's here's my take on this. Uh, can Coach Canizaro beat up that coach? Uh, you know what? I'm just going to say Nick Mingione smiles at Canizaro, and they just both become lifelong friends, which, which therefore they can never strike each other. So best friends can't fight. So this, this one's, this one's uh, moot. This one, it's a wash. I'm not going to have my coach beat up Nick Mingione. He's too he's too great. I love him too much. I like this. I like this. I like. Yeah. I like that we're you know we're we're sensible guys. So mm-hmm. you know we we, we mm-hmm. don't have to settle settle everything on the diamond or the you know the death match. Uh, <laughs> some people have been known to call it uh, type of atmosphere. Yeah. We can be civil. So you know what? I agree. I, I think that uh, there's a, there's a amount of respect between Mingion and Candidero. They know yes. they know each other. Uh, they Mingion respects. He's going to respect the dude. He knows the dude. I hope he gets uh, he, a standing O. He come, he from, comes in and you know he 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 tips his cap to Candidero and Candidero yes. respectfully tips his cap back and yes they become lifelong friends and uh, a a healthy friendly rivalry is you know happens on the pitch. Unless they turn around and beat us two or three, in which case I hope that Mingione just absolutely pile drives him through the through the mound. But uh, you mean Canizaro? Canizaro, yes, yes, sorry. See, Canizaro see, we, li- we like we like Mingione too much. We subliminally think, hey, maybe Nick Mingione could beat up Canizaro. Now, Man, do you th- yeah, now, now our mind's in a pretzel. Let's just think about them as a tag team. Ooh, ooh. ooh. Now that's now that is ooh. that's a thought. That's a thought. Man, that would be, man. I'm not saying they beat the Hardy Boys the first time they fought them, but hey, it, it, that's a run for their money, Ooh. for sure. For that'd be sure. that'd be that'd be electric for uh, Canizaro to be getting beaten down by like the entire LSU coaching staff, and then all of a sudden the music hits, and <laughs> who is that coming down? It's Mingio. <laughs> Comes down for the save because that's his best friend. I uh, would I would do I would be like that meme when Brock Lesnar beat the Undertaker, and that black guy just makes the face. <laughs> That's just a shocked fit. That would be me. It'd be that'd be great. That'd be great. I would love to see that actually. <laughs> we're not we're we're not wrestling fans here on the show, so uh, I don't know if all these references are accurate, but uh, you know, it is what it is. 
Also, we're we're very big wrestling fans. On this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't think we were nerd enough, then hey, we like watching sweaty men just wrestle each other. But like, fake, hey, hey, fake. it's it's men's version of The Bachelor. You can't tell me it's any more scripted. Can't tell me that. You know, that's a great point. That is a great point. All right, that does it for that segment. <laughs> let's get out of that one. <laughs> let's let's move on to another one that you've probably heard here first on Hail Dear Old Pod. Uh, bear bashing, Jeremy. This bear bashing. This was great because this this turned into a this turned into a big thing. This was a Mississippi State Twitter response. It was a call to arms by our by our fearless leader. Uh, Ethan, Ethan Lee. Shout out, Ethan. Yeah, he caught he 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 he's talking to us, and he says, "Hey, this guy just sent me uh, a DM. He, here it is, and it says this guy's in New York. He's a Bulldog fan. He sees Shepard Smith, uh, Fox News anchor uh, at Chick Fil A, I believe it was." And he thinks he's going to be funny and, and just yell out to, to, to Shep, Hey, Shep, hell state, thinking Shep will come back with like a hottie toddy or some other voodoo chant that they like to say. And in response, Shep Smith just comes back with a F state. So, obviously, uh, our, our, our good friend Ethan writes an article He's putting he's putting Shep on blast, putting him on Front Street, and we decide to make Shep an enemy of for whom the cowbell tolls. Uh, we he, he comes back with with a kind of a uh, hey JJ moment. If you're a fan of Pardon My Take, you'll know what that means. He starts the hey Shep, hell state tweet, and suddenly. Everybody is tweeting at uh, Shepard Smith's Twitter saying, Hey, Shep, Hail State, all of this. And I'm sure, it, I'm sure a, a small portion of the Mississippi State community reached out to him and made sure uh, he was Hail Stated. So that's bear bashing. That's, that's pretty great. That's pretty great that a, that a whole fan base can just target Shepard Smith and um, start a start a start a Twitter war with him. Except I don't think he ever responded. But still, uh, that was just a, that was just the first battle. That was just the first battle. And, and as, so, as someone who has heard Shep Smith speak, uh, he spoke at my brother's uh, graduation from a, a certain school that I will not, not name, as I do not want to know. For people to know, my family has slight affiliation with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, very respectable guy, so I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, I knew he was a big bear. Uh, obviously, he's talked about him. I've, you know, I've heard he frequents the square, as it's been known to be called. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, obviously the guy just thought it was going to be in good humor. And for him to turn around, you know, hey, Shep, chill. Hey, calm down, man. Just <laughs> try, try, trying to have a little fun with you there. Yeah, uh, cool your so, jets, bro. But, you know, hey, it, it was. it's like you said, it was funny. It took uh, our fearless leader, Ethan, writing an article and saying, hey, state fan, Hands up, and boy, did they come out hands up blazing. So uh, that was great. I was, was I was happy to be a part of it. I was, yes. did my part. Uh, yes. Hail Daryl Pod, we were both advocates of the uh, Hey Shep, Hell State uh, movement. And uh, 
we're excited. Like I said, I hope it has a part two, and I hope we can listen to some response. And uh, hey, Chef, if you ever want to come on the podcast and uh, you know maybe talk about it, we're open to ha- any. <laughs> this is an open invitation to you to come yes. on Hell uh, Daryl Pod and let's let's talk this out. Maybe maybe we can figure out why you hate us so badly. Yes, our peppers will get in touch with your peppers, and you'll get on the show, and we'll just you know we'll be super nice to you. I promise. So just, Absolutely. So Nothing, but yeah. Nothing but respect. Nothing but respect. Just come on. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's uh, let's crown a king of the ding, Jeremy. And, 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 and by the way, it's not sexual. We promise. Yeah, I can't not, stress that enough. Yeah, not sexual. But we but we got to have a king of the ding for this week. Um, and I think I think the two obvious choices for this past weekend for baseball: Brent Rooker, Cody Brown. Uh, like you said earlier in the show, that Cody Brown home run was just pivotal in that series. It it, it swung the momentum completely in our way. But, man, that Brent Rooker shot, that was the same game, by the way. That Brent Rooker shot was just an absolute bomb. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But, Jeremy, who, who are you going to give King of the Ding to? I think I've already stressed it enough. Uh, for me, I mean, we have our guy, Rooker, that's been just annihilating the ball all season long. But in this situation, for the tone setter for the weekend, i got to give it to downtown Cody Brown. Because, I mean, oh, wow. without that home run on Friday or Thursday, we probably don't even win that game. And then, like I said, it just set the tone for the whole weekend. It let Ole Miss, it was the, it was the proverbial punch in the mouth from uh, Mississippi State did to UConn on Friday. I mm-hmm. mean, it just got everything going. So, uh for this weekend, you know, it's it's always easy to give it to Rooker because he deserves it on so many occasions. But I think this weekend, I'd say let's let's give it to old Cody Brown because he deserved it because he really just set the tone for the entire weekend. So Cody Brown is my my official king of the ding. Don't know if you agree with me, but you know what? I think we gave Brent Rooker king of ding last week. So yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. I think Cody Brown that was that was that was the home run that just put us in there. It it put us. Up in that game, or, or or tied in that game, one one or two. But it was yeah, that was that was the moment where momentum just swung our way, and we we went on to win that game, win Friday, win Saturday. It was huge. It was huge. Uh, so, Cody Brown downtown, Cody Brown. Congrats. I think you are the unanimous king of the ding this week for Hail Dear Old Pod. Congrats, congrats, dude. Also, and shout out. Uh, Coast Life, because he's a Coastie. Shout out, Coasties. Um, moving on. Jeremy, we're going to bring back Mount Dogmore. Ooh. I, th- I think I think with the women's team uh, ending or having the season that they had this year, I think, I think we need to do a Mount Dogmore of all-time greatest Mississippi State teams. Cool. It, it, this can be any sport. Um... But yeah, top. And if you don't know Mount Dogmore, I think we've only done it once before. Uh, similar to Pardon My Takes, Mount Rushmore, where they list top four of any category they choose. We do a Mississippi State spin on it. We do Mount Dogmore. So we're going to do the top four all time greatest Mississippi State teams. Uh, Jeremy, you want to go first? You want me to go? You go. All right. Uh, honestly. The first one's easy for me. It it is the 2017 women's basketball team. They're up there. They 
They took this program to heights that it's never been before. They played for a national championship. They beat UConn, who had not lost a game in four years. And and we're getting a majority of this team back next season. This 2017 women's team, they're on my Mount, Mount Dogmore. Uh, next up, I got the 2013 men's baseball team. Jeremy, we saw, we saw that team start to get red hot during that whole regional. They went on to a super regional against Virginia, won that one, went to the College World Series, and they, man, they just, they just raked. Uh, got all the way to the national championship series against UCLA, and as you remember, you and I sat in the outfield for both those games. We won't, we won't go into how they ended, but uh, that team, that was a special team. Hunter Renfro, Adam Frazier, Kendall Graveman, Wes Ray, uh, Nick Amirati. I miss that man. Just real quick, shout out Kendall Graveman for the opening day start for the Oakland Athletics. Yes, it's, yes, that's awesome. Yeah. Hunter Renfro and and your boy Adam Fraser also on opening day rosters. Yes, we cover we cover all sports. Sorry, oh. I didn't mean to interrupt, but hey. Oh, hey, and Jonathan Holder. Who can forget Jonathan Holder? Yeah, Jonathan Holder. Mm-hmm. Just a great devil team. Go, devil going to cut you down. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. Old Kenny Powers walking out to the mound, man. Loved it. But that team, that team was special. That team. Just like the women's team this season, they played for a national championship. That's that's something that we don't come by often. Well, until recently. <laughs> uh, third, I got the nineteen eighty five men's baseball team. You know, we had we had the legendary Ron Polk. It was a fifty win season. They won the SEC regular season. They won the SEC tournament. Uh, they made the College World Series, of course. And listen, listen, okay, listen, listen to the guys. Some of the guys on this roster of that '85 team. You had Rafael Palmero. Ever heard of him? Of course. I think, you. I think I've heard of his name. In- <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. Will Clark, Bobby Thigpen, and Jeff Brantley, all a part of that team. I've I've heard I've heard people say that if that that that. That that college world series should have been should have been ours, uh, which which hurts. But still, you can't you can't take away just how dominant that team was. Absolute uh, great team. And last, and this is in no particular order. You can throw up there in any order you want. But um, my 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 fourth uh, team that I that I've thought about and have decided to put on the Mount Dogmore, the 2014 football team. I mean, first first uh, team to ever be ranked number one in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, went to Baton Rouge. Jeremy, you were there when they beat the Tigers in Death Valley. That was huge. They come back. They beat A&M. They beat Auburn, which was a two-versus-three matchup. Winner was pretty much going to get number one. And they won that game. That team, it 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 ended not so great, but that 2014 team, man, they were they were fun to watch. Jeremy, who you got on your Mount Dogmore? All right, uh, I'm kicking it off with a little throwback to all the way to last year. I'm going to go with the 2016 baseball team. Ooh, I'm going to say it because. I firmly believe when it comes down to talent 
and having everything there, that team was too good not to win a championship. And we won an SEC championship, yes. uh, sole SEC championship, something to be very proud of. Got upset in the postseason. But, I mean, it, in my mind, we, it was uh, – I mean, I talked about it with numerous people, including you. I just kept thinking, guys, well, so what's the plan? How, how are we getting to Omaha? How you know? What, do we have a hotel room for – in my mind, we were there. We were yes. locked in, not just at Omaha, but that change series, it was there because it was – we were so dominant. So I'm going to say that team, even though they didn't win it or they didn't even make it Omaha, uh-huh. that, t- that team was good enough. So I'll say that team. You put that team up against a lot of teams that we've had in the past, and I still say that team wins a two out of three series. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, 96 Final Four team. Got to, got to show them some love. Obviously, oh, yeah. that team was an inspiration to a lot of dogs. Uh, you got your Dante Jones, Daryl Wilson, Eric Dampiers, just dominant, came within that last couple games, that Final Four, couldn't get over the hump, but – Still an amazing season, yes. uh, nonetheless. One that uh, hangs in the rafters uh, of the hump. Uh, I, th- I, th- I thought about this one, and I'm going to go with uh, the 99 football team. Oh, and you might you might think, Jeremy, don't you mean the 98 football team because right. that was the, that uh, won the SEC West and played in the SEC championship? Oh, nope, I'm going 99 because. <laughs> I think the 99 team was better. Did they win the SEC West? No. They lost by one game to a very good Alabama team who they lost to that year by, I think, by 11 or 12. Uh, and lost one other game that year to Arkansas by, I think, two or three. Mm. Lost two games that year. Had the number one defense in the country. Uh, a defense led by a couple names, lad. I'll just throw them at you. You might remember it. Ashley Cooper. Oh, yeah. Pig Prather, and <laughs> a certain cornerback by the name of Fred Smoot. Oh, man, um, the Smoot. This team was too good. Uh, it had it had it all. It had your boy J.J. Johnson running the ball up and down the field. Uh, the defense was just so nasty. Uh, I was there, uh, 99, at uh, the Peach Bowl when we took down uh, a certain Clemson team mm. that I believe has a national championship right now. Oh, yeah. Um, that team was just dirty. It was so dirty. It was so good. I, I love that team to death. Uh they, like I said, no, no titles to speak of, but when you talk about pure talent for Mississippi State, that team had it all, really. It was just in the, like I said, a very good Alabama team. It, it, if we would have gotten the Alabama team from the previous year, which we had and made see run, that team could have made a run. Like, they were that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, final team. Uh, it's, it's a little bit open because I'm not going to lie, my fact-checking was a little bit off. But uh, I'm going to say the only national championship team we've ever had, lad, and that is, I'm just going to say, the 2009 men's disc golf team. Oh, okay. The only national championship we've ever had that I know of. <laughs> so, I mean, how, how can you not have them on a list at Mount Dalmore when we talk about the greatest teams of all time? They they have the clutch gene, and they deliver a national championship. I don't know where that trophy is, but uh, it's it's somewhere on campus, I'm assuming. And that's our, <laughs> that's Honestly, that's our number one of all the ones. All eight, that's number one because they, they had the clutch gene and finished. So, shout gotta out love, to gotta I'm love just, that frost. I'm just, the, the disc off. So, yeah, that's that <laughs> is my Mount Dogmore. People don't Hated realize it. people don't realize that that disc golf team won a national championship. I don't see like whenever they would talk about in 2013, they were like Mississippi State's never won something. I was like, we've won something. I don't know why you're not giving us credit. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why they didn't give us credit. It's because it was disc golf, Jeremy. I don't see. I don't see the problem. Uh, <laughs> well, I really don't. I, I, I guess. Hey, but hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. Congrats to the disc golf team. They're on Jeremy's Mount Dogmore. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's move on to uh, Doghouse and Top Dog. Uh, I'll go ahead and start us off with uh, my Doghouse. It's it's again it, it's it's uh, it's permanent Doghouse members, uh, the South Carolina women's basketball team. You uh, didn't see that one coming. I just uh, I can't stress this enough. I hate that team. I hate them. Hate them. Hate hate the coach. Hate the players. Hate that they beat us three times this season, and one of them was for the national championship. That just South Carolina women's basketball, and and this this has nothing to do with the rest of the University of South Carolina and the rest of their sports. I was pulling for men's basketball. I, I don't mind them in, in football. They're pretty fun to watch in baseball, but women's basketball, I hate you. I hate you so much. You are forever in my doghouse. I hate you. Jeremy, who's your doghouse? Um, okay, stay with me on mine because it, it makes sense if you listen. And this I broke this down. I'm putting ESPN oh. in my doghouse. Okay. Okay, so my reasoning behind this, um, first off, they gave some great coverage uh, to the Mississippi State team this past weekend, and I appreciate all that. They literally put us you know, in every headline that they could, and I appreciate that. My one major gripe came on Friday night. Uh, Mississippi State was uh, in the Final Four playing UConn, and throughout the game, they kept showing a certain uh, quarterback that uh, Mississippi State fans might have been familiar with from a, a few de- years back. He goes by the name of Dak Prescott, and he is yeah. the current yeah. starting quarterback and now only quarterback in uh, the city of Dallas. Um, pretty well known. He had, a, he had a pretty good year as a rookie. I'm pretty sure he won a couple of awards. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he was at the end, which I want to state. I have no issues with. And the fact that they showed him more than they show Kramer Robinson's mom at every LSU event, I do not have a problem with at all. I love that they would show him, and I love how hype he got. I yes. love that he was in the game because that just proves that this is not just a school you go to. This is a family, and it's something that was stressed while he was there and something that is still stressed to this day. Mm-hmm. My issue was at the end of the game – Morgan Williams hits an amazing, unbelievable, once-in-a-lifetime buzzer-beater shot to knock off UConn. Right. And at this point, they're storming the court. They're on the, they're on the court. It's pandemonium. And I see a familiar face by the name of Holly Rowe, an ESPN analyst. And she is looking for an interview, and she sees Morgan Williams. And I'm like, yes, we're about to get – she's about to get all the praise she deserves. And no, uh, who is that also – Oh, they have pulled in Dak Prescott to also get interviewed. And he is actually in the middle of the trio of Holly Rowe, you didn't Dak see, Scott, and Morgan Williams. You, you didn't see Dak pass the ball to Morgan Williams to shoot to, to the game I must have missed that. Oh, well. But <laughs> it was one of those things where, and Morgan Williams, she had a small moment where you could just tell she was like, what the hell is he doing here? Because <laughs> I don't have a problem with Dak being a fan in the crowd as he appropriately should have been and was. But when ESPN all of a sudden is like, hey, Dak, let's come talk to you real quick. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about women's basketball. Cause you know a lot about that, right? Like It, just, <laughs> it really hurts me because that was Maureen Williams' moment. Yes. She deserved to have the sole spotlight for what she had just accomplished. I love Dak. And don't think of me as doing Dak hate. I'm sure Dak probably later on probably realized kind of what happened. I hope that. 
hey, Morgan, I apologize if it seemed like I stole the limelight. Mm-hmm. And ESPN did play it off as they were playing it off. This is family. And Dak said, you know, you know, or Morgan said she appreciates that because it shows the family that we have. Right, right. The, the interview came off flawlessly, and I don't have a problem with it. But in that moment, mm-hmm. ESPN, let Morgan have her moment. Yes. You can go interview Dak the rest of the 364 days of the year that yes. you only care about football and not women's basketball. But in that moment, for that itty-bitty, give her her moment. Yes. ESPN, you're in my doghouse. You know what? I'm, yeah, yeah, that's great. I couldn't agree more with you. I think we talked about that. It was her moment. It was this. It was this basketball team's moment. Why? Dak's a great fan, but that's that's all he is. He didn't bring this team to Dallas. He didn't. He didn't. You know, it, it wasn't him. It wasn't about him. It shouldn't have been about him. I get it though. I get it. It's it is family. But yeah, like you said, that's it's Morgan Williams' moment. Let her have that moment. Uh, let's move on to Top Dog. Uh, I, I'll get into Top Dog first, and I think I think this is a pretty good one. My Top Dog is the weekend of March thirtieth through April second. <laughs> it was our weekend, Jerry. It was pretty, pretty yeah, solid weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was hashtag our weekend. So it just came up all dogs, of course. Uh, the ending of it. Mm, it was a little bit. It was it was upsetting to to watch us lose to Carolina, South Carolina, for a third time. But still, you can't you can't take away from the fact that this basketball team just shocked the world and did the unthinkable by beating UConn. So this past weekend, Thursday through Sunday, with baseball, with tennis, with basketball, with track and field. Such a such a remarkable weekend in Mississippi State sports. This past weekend is my top dog, Jeremy. Who do you got? Uh, I'm it's really hard to even say anything after that because I completely agree. I mean, and I guess just going with this weekend, my personal top dog is somebody I've been very critical of these last few weekends, and kind uh, of I kind of put on the 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 stove last week. Uh, really called him out, put him some harsh words, and they came through in flying colors. Uh, mm-hmm. So my my top dog, I'm giving Coach Kenizero the, the, the props he deserves for okay. uh, really taking this team. And, uh, you know, there was questions of a, 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 a troubled locker room with suspensions uh, that were broken on Hale Darrell Pod and, you know, some uh, <laughs> a rough weekend in Fayetteville. And, you know, this team really had to, a, lot, a lot of question marks around it. And Coach Kenizero has answered all those questions, in my opinion. He showed that, he is a Division One SEC coach, and he justly deserves to be in that spotlight. And he can handle it, and he's ready for it. And he just embraces rivalry. I mean, I mean, you 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 sweep Ole Miss, and I'm not going to lie, you're going to be probably top dog in my eyes. Like it oh, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, we we could have been 0 and 35 at the end of the year. You sweep Ole Miss, I'm like, man, that ain't a Kenizero. Is not a bad guy after all. Like it's, <laughs> it's one of those things. But for Absolutely. in this situation, though, still, this could be a really a jumping off point for the team. So. I'm, Really proud of the Diamond Dogs. I'm proud of Coach Kenizari. First year coach. Uh, that's a big. That's a big series to go up to Oxford. Uh, yes. Tough one to have to deal with. Your first experience in this rivalry, and it's in you know the death zone of Oxford. So uh, it's rough. And he handled it with flying, flying, passed it with flying colors. Handled it well. And uh, so I'm Coach Kenizari, top dog. Way to go, Coach. Look forward to supporting you on the way in. And uh, big fans here on Hell Daryl Pod. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, and another. Here's another fact for you. Uh, Andy Canizaro went to Ole Miss and swept the Rebels. You know who never did that as a head coach? 
at Mississippi State? John Cohen. So, hmm, hmm, hmm. Is, uh, is Andy Cannizzaro a better coach than John Cohen? Hmm. We will dive into that next week. <laughs> we will, we'll, we'll get into that at some point. But uh, that's the show. That's, that's, that's all we got for you this weekend. It was a lot to talk about. I hope you stayed with us as long as, as we rambled. Um, a lot of hey, good stuff. Follow us out there on uh, Twitter. Yes, uh, yes. Want to give give the plug? Follow for whom the cowbell tolls. Uh, that is our 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 home page that you can find this podcast where it gets posted. It also gets posted on iTunes through for whom the for whom the cowbell tolls on iTunes. So go looking for that and uh, follow for whom the cowbell tolls on uh, Twitter. Follow Hail Dear Old Pod on Twitter and uh, give your boy. I think Lads already plugged himself, uh, Chief Canoe over here. Uh, but uh, if you want to follow. For my interesting takes, not not as prevalent and as conspiracy driven as lads, uh, but uh, J at jpertum thirteen, love to hear from you. Uh, you know, shoot me any questions or concerns you might have relating to these dogs, and I'd love to talk to you about it. Yeah, yeah, you can find him at like you said, jpertum thirteen. You can find me at uh, at itftp lad. That is itftp lad two d's. That's that's Chief Dragon Canoe. That's where well uh, where you'll find him. Uh, follow Hail Dear Old Pod on Twitter at Hail Pod. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff, a lot of great content. We usually post up on there, and uh, it it's it's fun. It's fun. Talk to us. You know, tweet at us. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. Uh, but that'll do it. That'll do it for us this week. We uh we'll get you everything you need to know next week. And uh, hey, Shep, hail state, and I hate you. Hey boy!